Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This one uh, I had arranged as of yesterday. Always a good conversation when I catch up with my buddy, the pride of the Pulliam School of Journalism at Franklin College. This is the second Grizzly on the show today. It's Kurt Cabin that joins us now. Hello, my friend. I think probably the older of the Grizzlies, but that's okay. I, I don't mind being second. You are a bit more grizzled uh, of the two of you. Uh, I'll, I'll give you that much. Um, how's the real estate market, by the way, today? Well, you know, real estate's moving. People just have to be convinced that uh, interest rates are renting. You rent the interest rate, and then you buy the house. So you want to get a good house, and you worry about that interest rate, you know, later. So Kurt Cabin, real estate mogul, in addition to knowing all <laughs> things IndyCar for IndyCar.com, of course, co-host of Trackside, which because the holiday next week is on Wednesday. What is the real estate like at Mid-Ohio coming up this weekend? Well, what will be interesting is they're talking about some rain this weekend. And rain races are always fun for everyone, but uh, maybe those sitting under the umbrellas. But it does create different conditions, and it's more than just, you know, how the racing surface is. It is, you know, strategy and, you know, being how aggressive can you be. So it's always fun to watch. Some drivers are better in the re- in the wet as compared to the dry just like some drivers are better on ovals and road courses so it, it certainly mixes up, mixes things up to some degree and, and that's fun to watch the season that alex Pillow is having um the the most direct comparison would be the season that dan weldon had um i want to say in 05 at this point because it is rare maybe a scott dixon campaign or two that someone has this big of a lead at this stage of the season, uh, kind of your thoughts about comparing those two years, nearly 20 years apart. Well, I think Weldon won four of the first five races. The real difference in there is that Weldon won the Indy 500, and and Pelot did not. He had a he got contact on pit road, taken by by Renus VK, and then had to battle back, finish fourth. He still probably should have won the Indy 500, but he didn't. So that's the real difference here from a. From a point standpoint, he's got a big lead. Obviously, there's still nine races to go starting with this weekend. Uh, he can be caught, uh, but he is off to a, a really strong start. And you're right, that's probably the best comparison because we've had 17 straight years where the last race of the season has determined the championship. There isn't another uh, – there certainly isn't another motorsports uh, series which has had that much I don't want to say parody, but competition is probably the best word. Well, since you bring up another motorsports series, um, it is, I wouldn't say obvious, but it's apparent that Alex Pillow is starting to get attention in another open-wheel motorsports series, the one known around the world, of course, in Formula One. And obviously that is a destination that he'd like to go to at some point. What is that path looking like for him in 2024 and beyond? Well, certainly he thinks he has options and he would like to have as many options as we all would in our employment. We'd like to have as many options when we're looking around for jobs. And this is one of his options, or at least it could be. 
The problem is these are not with the better teams at the moment. I mean, at least probably for next season. And if he's going to join, he's probably join one of those smaller teams. He's probably going to have to bring some budget, and that has not been his, at least his hallmark. Uh, so if he doesn't have budget to bring, then he's probably not a candidate for some of those uh, jobs in the back half of the field. Not that these aren't good jobs and so forth, but he's probably going to have to have budget to go with it. And and to my knowledge, he doesn't have that at the moment. So is is his job then going to be at McLaren, just domestically in North America, not not in Formula One? Well, at least for next season, McLaren appears to have, unless they do something uh, transactionally, they they've got two drivers. Their two drivers are set for next year. Sure. Uh, unless unless something rare happens and it could happen but i would think if he goes to mclaren in 24 it would be an indycar ride perhaps with an eye toward 25 in formula one but it looked like indycars is only mclaren option next year and to some degree uh silly season's already started uh, with the move to replace connor daly with ryan hunter ray a couple of weeks back by ed carpenter racing um is is making room for Pelot at McLaren uh, the, the next domino to fall? Is that simply adding a car for McLaren for next year? What's the next potential move you're seeing in the paddock? Well, I think uh, Pelot's situation is supposedly, you know, we went through this last year with Pelot trying to de- determine who, whose contract he belongs to, and Ganassi has it at the moment. To my knowledge, he can't, and what was said previously, is he can't talk to anybody uh, still for an extended period of time. So that's going to have to be on the burner a little bit. The other one is last year's Indy 500 winner, Marcus Erickson, and his due date to decide to go back to to Chip Ganassi Racing in 24 apparently hinges on August 1st. So I think that's really the domino. He wants to be a paid driver in this series, and not that he doesn't get paid, but he doesn't want to have to bring budget sure. to the team and and so there there does seem to be a couple of options at least one and that's probably Andretti Autosport if if he wants to uh, just be paid but you know how, it's going to be tough for anybody especially him to leave Ganassi Racing after he's finished first and second the last two Indy 500s and been a championship contender both years so that's a really good ride you'd hate to give that up for it for an, for a ride that hasn't been of that ilk the last couple of years there's 27 more or less full-time entrants in the indycar series right now which is wonderful that, that's a great stat that will throw out of of that 27 like what's the percentage of those that have to bring some level of sponsorship check to them versus those who simply handed the keys and said this is your ride we'll find the money go get them well, it's a difficult a difficult question to answer, one without knowing the contract sure, specifically. Of but but let's take somebody like Tony Kanaan, who in years past has had connections to budget and that made it easier. You wouldn't consider him a ride you know, his ride depending on sponsorship, but it certainly made it easier to hire Tony Kanaan because he was able to sort of backfill the, the program with his own sponsorship. So that's a difficult thing to, to say, but I would say with confidence, half of the field 
uh, is just showing up and, and driving uh, driving the race car without any stipulation whatsoever. And it may be a little bit more than that, but uh, but my suspicion is it's it's about half. Again, Kurt Cabin of IndyCar.com, trackside with Cabin and Kevin here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Who is in need of a good finish? You, 27 guys would raise their hand uh, for Mid-Ohio this weekend. Who needs the result more than most coming up on Sunday? Well, well, we talked about this kind of situation, which we don't. We talked about on on Monday, uh, Tuesday night's trackside that this year seems to be a more haves and have nots, or the have nots being those in need of help, right? <laughs> more than normal. Normally, we see the depth being pretty pretty healthy. We have several teams, um, and you can go down the list. Ray Hall's team, Meyer Shank Racing, Ed Carpenter Racing, Hunkos, uh, Dale Coyne Racing, to some, you know, largely A.J. Foyt Racing, although they were outstanding in Indy. But all of those teams feel like they could use something good going for them. Uh, I think if I had to single one out, I would go with the Meyer Shank team. Yeah. They are based an hour from, from mid-Ohio. Uh, they've got Elio and, and Simon Pagano, who really need good results. The future of, of those drivers in those seats next year in IndyCar seem to be in question. So I think Elio or Pagano, along with the Meyer Shank team, would probably be the one you'd choose. Has something changed in terms of they, you know, we, this is seemingly more of a NASCAR thing than IndyCar, but it applies here. There's always been kind of a technical partnership between them and Andretti. Has, has that changed in the last couple of years? I don't think it's changed. I think, you know, we saw we saw Meyer Shank do pretty well as a one car team, and yeah. then they expanded last year to two full time cars. They were two the previous years on a, on a limited basis. The year Elio won the five hundred, and it's really difficult to pinpoint, you know, when a team has issues, and that's true of all sports, but particularly in this one, it's you just can't say it's a driver. You just can't say it's the it's the crew. You can't say there's just all kinds of factors really difficult to pin it on something but it does coincide when they went to two full car two full-time cars and you know you just wonder had that stretched them too much and um so it's very difficult to know unless you're on the inside but that that'd be a place to start all right let's go back to a, a venue at least that's that was the conversation around america two weeks ago um it sounds like there could be races at both Road America and the Milwaukee Mile in the not-too-distant future. It sounds like there is still some things that need to be taken care of at the mile for it to happen. I'll let you take the ball and run with it from there. Um, what's the likelihood of, of a couple of Wisconsin races going forward? Well, I think that it's better than, you know, it's at least 50-50. It's, and, and the odds are good because everybody kind of knows each other from the standpoint of, you know, it's not like it's a new venue. I mean, IndyCar has a long great history there there have been a couple opportunities here in recent years to run at milwaukee michael andretti had a group that tried to promote races up there and it just struggled from an attendance standpoint and so you just wonder about that i don't have any fear about milwaukee and road america coinciding they're about an hour and a half apart in distance but you know these are two great historic places to race and indycars have proven time and again that those are two terrific places to race so i think if if you can make the numbers work uh, on the promoter side at milwaukee then indycar will be back there soon because we need more ovals it's just and it's such a great place an easy place for indianapolis uh, area people to get to 
it's it's really a popular location. What you're writing about this week, my friend? Well, I just write about all this. You know, it's such a fun time of the year. It's the halfway point in the season. Some teams are are excelling. Some are struggling. But we try to look at uh, all those things on IndyCar.com, and and it's uh, you know we're having a NASCAR race at the Speedway coming up here in a few weeks, along with IndyCar there, and a sports car race later in the year at the Speedway, which will be uh, certainly fun and and different for in the middle of the fall. So a lot of things happening at the Speedway and in and in IndyCar. Uh, as always, my friend. Thanks for the time and the perspective. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, buddy. See you, Rick. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Tremendous, tremendous musical pull by you to pull a song from the movie. Wise beyond your years, Jimmy Cook. Happy Gilmore is 27 years old. Not the one we're about to talk to, like the movie. Jimmy, how old are you at this point now? 28, 29? 28 and a half. 28 and a half. (laughs) So you were how old when you saw Happy Gilmore for the first time? Probably somewhere between three and five. I can't remember the part of that. But but Adam Sandler was a big movie fan in the uh, in that cook household love some good adam sandler movies billy madison happy gilmore big daddy i would have been 19 the movie came out i've been a sophomore at uindy means you got went to see at the dollar movie theater on the south side i actually worked at subway i had a happy gilmore subway poster that somehow got lost absconded ripped up at a party something along those lines man if i could have kept that Oh, well. Why am I bringing this up on a random Thursday at the end of June? Well, it's the end of June. But also, and I'm sure you probably heard this by now, Ball State has signed Happy Gilmore to be a college golfer. I think a year from now, by the way. Um, and no, this is not the J.R. Smith story of like, you know, a guy going back to college in his 40s or 50s to play golf. No, Happy Gilmore actually is a student at Bloomington South and a very talented golfer. And he joins us now on the Fan Midday Show. Happy how are you? And congratulations on uh, landing at Ball State. Thank you. I'm doing well. How about you guys? Oh, we are good. And for those that don't know, uh, Happy is a nickname. His given name is Landon. But as soon as he picked up a golf club, the nickname became Happy. And obviously, it's stuck over the course of the last decade. What has this last week been like for you? I mean, it's been uh, pretty crazy. Um, committing to Ball State was just, I, you know, I thought committing to Ball State would probably have been about the craziest thing of the week, but obviously that wasn't it. Um, getting the retweet from Adam Sandler was kind of an incredible. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why we're having on the show now. I first crossed your name, I think, last year in the state finals, and I, I am saying it correctly. You're going to be a senior at Bloomington South next year, correct? 
Yes. Okay, so you've got one more year to be class at a, a 20, 2024 down at Bloomington High School South. Um, so what what level of blow-up was the phone when when all of a sudden you look down or somebody tells you, dude, Adam Sandler just gave you a retweet? Well, I, so at that point, I already had shut off all my notifications because <laughs> just between Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it was I had to. And I just happened to like look down, and it came across that Adam Sandler retweeted it. And so I luckily saw it right when it happened. And then, oh, my gosh, like everyone I knew started texting me. Uh, and then everybody and their brother has been doing a story about this. So I, I guess how many interviews like this one have you done talking about this so far? Oh, I don't know. I've <laughs> lost count, to be honest. <laughs> Too many to count, huh? Yeah. All right. So, so I, I guess at what point in time? Because again, I, I, I'm reading the story from the Indianapolis Star and talking about the nickname kind of got applied to you about the age of six. At mm-hmm. what point in time did you kind of were able to kind of figure out what the nickname came from? In other words, how old were you when your mom and dad, et cetera, actually let you watch the movie of Happy Gilmore? Um, I think when that when I got the nickname, I'd already watched the movie a couple times. So. Yeah. I knew I knew the name right away, and, and obviously, and, and and you're used to it. You're comfortable with it. Is it now weird when somebody calls you Landon? Does anyone ever call you Landon now? Not really. Um, my mom, maybe when she's like mad at me. But <laughs> yeah, I, just everyone I know calls me a happy. So if I do get called Landon, it's honestly a little shock. Sometimes and, I won't even acknowledge it because it's just I'm so used to hearing happy. Yeah, everybody else gets mom gets middle name treatment. You get first name treatment uh, from your mom. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, I think I've seen the bag that has happy on it. Do you have like a, a, mm-hmm. a favorite story from somebody seeing your name on the bag when you're playing someplace and they're like, you know, come on, seriously. And you have to explain to them exactly what the story is here. Um, I don't know if I necessarily a favorite story that sticks out. I always do find it funny when I'll go play at my home course at uh, Fowl in Bloomington and we'll all get paired up with like a random person. I'm with my buddy and they're always quick to introduce me to other people and say, <laughs> oh, this is happy. And the look that people get when they look at my golf bag and see that name, they no one believes it. It's just, it's always funny. Uh, is it, you have to like like have like like a show like a proof of ID. No, this is really my name. This this is me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this this is what I've got. Um, all right, and and I mean I realize that this is like a year away from you, but you are now entering this this era where a college golfer can get more than a scholarship. Uh, I saw the tweets coming in immediately. Hey, Subway, sign this guy to a deal. Um, are you thinking about the name, image, and likeness aspect of this already, even though it's a year down the road? Um, yeah, I've thought about it. Like you said, I'm in Indiana. I can't find anything yet right. until I graduate. So I've not really thought about it a whole lot, but it's definitely crossed my mind seeing all those tweets and everyone tagging all these companies like Subway and Volkswagen and all every, every, uh, company you see in the movie i've been tagged in so <laughs> I, I i dug the boston bruin sweater i saw the again the picture in Indianapolis. that's a great shirt uh that, that you got with that um 27 mm-hmm. years ago happy was going to get free subway for life is that good enough for you or are you hoping for a little cash mixed into that too i'll 
As much as I eat, I'll take free food. <laughs> free Subway it is. Oh, we got happy free lined Subway. up for it. All right, so with that, why was Ball State the right place for you? Um, well, I know a few of the players that are already there. One of them was my old teammate at South my freshman year, and so that helped. I talked to Coach Fleck a few times, really like him, and then when I went on a visit, I kind of like the smallness of the school. Mm-hmm. It's not too big and overwhelming. And then they have a really nice indoor facility because obviously it gets really cold months in the winter. <laughs> and their schedule. They play a lot of big-name big, big name teams and good teams. And so, I mean, overall, it's just kind of everything I was looking for in one place. Yeah, I know a couple of the guys. Cash Beller, really good player out of Peru. Uh, Carter Smith, yeah. I had to go to high school with his dad, so I know him very well. Uh, I know they had a, a good season played out in Lance Ringler's NGI event at the end of the year uh, out in mm-hmm. Arizona, w- which was cool to see as well. What's the major going to be for a year from now? Um, I'm not 100% sure. It'll probably be something like sports marketing, business something like that. I'm not like 100% sure yet. Clearly you have gotten a crash course in marketing uh, over the last couple of <laughs> weeks. So you're, you're getting some good uh, applied stuff that you can use a couple of years down the road. A couple quick things and, and then we'll let you go. I, I would assume I am not the first person to think about this. I know you have had to try this. Can you run up and hit it with the driver the way that Adam Sandler could in the movie? Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, actually, I've kind of halfway practiced it throughout my life just with the nickname you have to uh, yeah i remember once funny story i was at pinehurst during the uh, junior worlds when i was like 13 i'd say and they had a long drive contest and they convinced me to actually do the long drive contest doing the happy gilmore i don't remember if i won it or not <laughs> but i did do the whole entire long drive contest happy gilmore. It, if if happy could drive a par four about 400 yards allegedly in the movie um how far can you hit it off the tee whether it's hitting it the way you naturally would or living up to your namesake so to speak um naturally i I hit the driver right around 300 um you know give or take the weather conditions but doing the happy gilmore when i actually hit it in the middle which hitting in the middle is really hard yeah you do it in the middle i would say you could get another 40 30 to 40 yards out of it if you can actually like square one up that's pretty good that's not bad uh do you ever go out and play in that bruins jersey to play happy gilmore style or in timberland boots um no i haven't quite yet i don't know if the golf course would allow me to do that either <laughs> but you did spark an idea i may have to try that one day i mean it, it's not so hot out if anybody could do it i mean you are happy freaking gilmore i mean I, I, you're the one yeah. guy that i think has carte blanche to kind of go out uh, and and do that all right um the last week for you uh, has not been what is the normal summer for a 17 year old you got about a month or so uh, uh before you, you go back and start your senior year of high school uh, how many golf tournaments what's the rest of your summer looking like um, so I fly out July 8th, I believe, to California for the IMG World Championship. And then I'll be out there for like a week. And then I'll drive down to Charleston the July 20th for the uh, U.S. Junior, um, the USGA Juniors Tournament. And then when I get back, I think like another week or so later, I'll go to Branson, Missouri for an AJGA event. Uh, I am fortunate enough to be able to do the television for the event at Crooked Stick every year. A, I hope I see you in that next summer, potentially, uh, if it takes place. But I also know of the miles 
that you guys put in from a flight standpoint, from a driving standpoint, when you play at a top level of golf, uh, you are you are on a tour. I'm also, though, very glad that you still play for your high school team because some some players don't. And I'm glad that playing at Bloomington South mm-hmm. is, is still very important to you. I, I would assume, and again, you got to worry about a senior year, then you're going to worry about college. I would assume mm-hmm. the goal for you is to play professionally, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, and maybe one of these days it could be the Waterbury Open. You could be playing for the Tour <laughs> Championship jacket. And there clearly is only one way to finish this conversation. I think you've had enough. Happy. I won't say the other word. We'll, we'll leave it at that right there. Young man, I'm so happy for you, man. This is, this is a, a, a thrill that you've been through these last few days. Hope you continue to enjoy it. And thanks for the time this afternoon. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. You got it. Again, Landon Gilmore. Everybody knows him as happy. Thanks to my buddy J.R. Holmes. You may know him as the basketball coach at Bloomington South. He is also the director of athletics at Bloomington South, and he helped connect me with the family. And thanks to Happy's mom, Kimberly, for corresponding back with me back and forth. Because even though I cover high school athletics on a regular basis, I'm not sure like as a mid-40-something I should be contacting somebody. Hey, kid, you want to come on my radio show? Let me go through mom and make sure that this is cool. So, Jimmy, could you imagine being, you know, being happy Gilmore and actually being good at golf? And I love the fact that it's how casually he was like, all right, you had to have done the run-up thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. I mean, that is that is so cool. Well, it's in the bio, too. On his Twitter <laughs> handle, he, he embraced it right away. Right. Yes, I can do the Happy Gilmore tweet. <laughs> Tells you how many times he's gotten that one. And, and again, he clearly he has been educated because I, I know the policy you can't sign an NIL deal and maintain your high school eligibility. That waits until college. And frankly, we had a, a variation of that conversation when we had Keegan Rothrock on the show about a month ago before the softball season. I was like, yep, I, I'll, I'll tackle that when I get down to Florida. So clearly, the family kind of knows, hey, um, college scholarship, maybe you get a little bit more than that in Muncie. And I would assume knowing my friends at the SportsLink program, the wonderful student broadcast uh, production arm at Ball State University, Mr. Happy Trees himself, Chris Taylor, and Alex Cartman. How about, I mean, I, I mean, I mean there's, there's seriously, there's going to be, a, there's, a, there's a Cartman, there's a Gilmore. It's a match made in heaven uh, up at Ball State next summer. There will be a full documentary on his story by the time he sets foot on campus next summer. Lafferty Daniel, Gilmore, happy senior to be at Bloomington South High School, kind enough to join us on the program. In case you have missed it, we've had Happy Gilmore and the Savannah Bananas on the same show. That's just kind of my speed. Um, Sam Clay Camp of the Party Animals joined us, native of Franklin, uh, of native of Columbus and Franklin College. Uh, Happy Gilmore on the show and Kurt Cavan on the program as well. Now, those are the guests. The topic's have been a bit more serious, especially when it comes to Isaiah Rogers being indefinitely suspended by the National Football League and then summarily waived by the Indianapolis Colts this afternoon. We can talk about that if you would like. Scott Agnes and Kyle Guy both set to join us during the 2 o'clock hour of the show. You got something you want to say? Perhaps Twitter or email might be the way to go. At Greg Rakestraw on Twitter, greg at 1070thefan.com is the email address. Scott Agnes, all things Pacers. Could Eric Gordon be a Pacer? We'll get his thoughts. And, again, there's another name that I saw mentioned yesterday who just played in the NBA Finals. And my reaction was kind of, eh. 
We'll see if Scott feels any differently on the subject. Back in a moment. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 93.5, The Fam. Scott Agnes joins us now. Fieldhouse Files, all things Indiana Pacers. Hello, my friend. How are you? Good afternoon, Ray. Hey, thanks for joining us as always. And, and since this is the first time you and I have talked since the NBA draft happened, how things played out on Thursday, how close was that to playing out in which the fashion you thought it would? Yeah, I thought I thought there would be one more uh, deal involving a player. That was they were really pushing hard. I can tell you in the last couple of days leading into the draft, um, trying to be able to complete a deal with the team, especially Brooklyn with Dorian Finney-Smith. They checked in on Philadelphia for Tobias Harris uh, down in Atlanta with DeAndre Hunter and at least a couple other teams that they were checking in on, trying to use all those assets to be able to get a player that could help them immediately out on the wing. In turn, they were unable to do so. They ended up making three trades, but it was basically shuffling draft picks around and a savvy move to move back that one spot, um, which also reduces the annual salary, by the way, slightly for Jairus Walker. Um, so I thought that was good. I just I think they had hoped – to acquire a three throughout that process as well. All right, so with that, are any of those names that they could not lure with a pick on draft night potentially still available with a trade for either a future draft pick, players that are currently on the roster? Um, or, you know, do, do, does a name like Dorian Finney-Smith or a name like Tobias Harris, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Collins, you know, from Atlanta, you didn't mention him, but he's a guy that, that has been moved since the draft. Are some of those names still in play for the Pacers, or is Kevin Pritchard, Chad Buchanan moving on at this point? Yeah, I think they're still in play, Rake. The trouble is, for each of the franchises, there's another step or two that is the priority. That must be kind of maybe accomplished first. Let's take Brooklyn. Cam Johnson, a guy I know the Pacers and any team would really like, but at what cost? And he's a restricted free agent. To me, that's the first domino that may need to fall for Brooklyn. Then they see how much, assuming they match that, contract uh, what it'll cost for him and then decide on on Finney Smith for example they're very much uh, a team that's kind of a middle of the road right now after making those significant trades for Philadelphia are they able to re-sign James Harden if not I would think it's more likely that they move Tobias Harris versus kind of reloading and going into next year DeAndre Hunter with with Atlanta, the the situation there is a, it's a team that needs to, needed to get under the luxury tax threshold from ownership. That's one of the big reasons, especially with this new collective bargaining agreement that goes into effect in a couple of days on July one. That really encouraged them to do so, especially as a team that's not a contender right now. It is it is bad business to be paying into the luxury tax 
when you're not a competitive team, unlike, say, the Lakers or now the Phoenix Suns will be. So I expect them to get in on that. I expect them to consider some restricted free agents. Um, But right now, they only have one roster spot available. So they they lack the roster flexibility unless they send some players outgoing. Scott Agnes, Fieldhouse Files, all things Indiana Pacers. And again, because of the fact that the Pacers are so far into the cap, once you mm-hmm. sign your players, I think they're going to be between 25 and $30 million under the cap at this point will be the Indiana Pacers. In other words, if they want to take on a Tobias Harris contract, Tobias is going to make $39 million this coming year. Basically, as long as they were to send back 10 to $15 million in contracts, a deal like that would work, correct? I think it would take a little bit more than that. You have to kind of match contracts, not just have the cap space. So it takes a little bit more than that. I think just this is purely hypothetical. But I think in a deal like that, it would be something that could make that work would be like Buddy Heald and Daniel Tice. Um, Could be the outgoing players. Maybe there'd be some second-round picks involved. And here's the real appeal of that, right? Because listeners are probably, holy, what? Like, $38 million for, for this guy? Well, the challenge, too, the Pacers have to, to take in consideration, Greg, is the fact that he only has one more year under Correct. contract. Correct. So it's not worth doing just for one year unless you're totally good with sending players away and not getting any, any value back for sure after this next year. And there is value to that. But at the same time, there's probably better uses for your cap space if you know for certain – or really don't know for certain if Tobias Harris would resign here, uh, for example. But the, the, what would be accomplished here is they have to use about half their cap space before the start of the season. That's another change to the new CBA. Normally, it does not matter until basically this date next year. Not, not anymore. They really wanted teams to spend going into the season. So you can, for certain, look for the Pacers to spend at least another 15 to $20 million, um, before the start of the season, uh, but they do have right now about $32 million in cap space, which right. is among the highest in the league. Correct. So with that, um, let's talk about the local product first that is available. Uh, and you know him well, being a fellow North Central Panther. Eric Gordon's about to hit the open market. The Clippers are not bringing him back on his $20 million option. Is he a fit here? I don't think so, just because of what don't they need. It's it's exactly EJ sure. type of player, right? It's it's the sixth or five and under shooting guard. Um, after just adding another one of those and Ben Shepard, um, we, as much as we like EJ and would love to have him here, I think it's probably better off for both sides not to pursue anything. I was thinking back to about 10 years ago when he was a restricted free agent with New Orleans. He actually had a visit here with the Pacers and considered that. Uh, but to me, for both sides, it really doesn't make much sense. All right, so the name that was brought up yesterday that I'm like, meh, Max Strude. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I saw a potential rumor of, of three years and in that salary range, $16 million a year. Um, this is what guys who play on NBA Finals teams do. They tend to cash in and go other places. Do you see, do you see Max being a fit with the Indiana Pacers? I don't, and really for the same exact yeah. reason as EJ there. It's, this, this does not solve any issues. It would get a guy under contract for multiple years moving forward. But you have Duarte. You have... Uh, ben Shepard, and to be determined what they decide on, on Buddy Heald, I, would, I kind of tend to believe they'll keep him going into next season and then at next year consider their options there, whether re-sign him or not. But to me, this is not the type of guy they need. They need a much bigger, athletic, lengthy type guy. They need the Harrison Barnes, Dorian Finney-Smith type player, two-way guy, much more than they need more shooters. So we know Rick, Rick Carlisle can never have enough shooters for sure. All right, so with that, who are they going after? We, we, we have listed players in terms of trades. I've listed yeah. kind of a couple of rumors. Again, Pacers have money to spend. Who do they have to go target that fits what they're looking for in, in kind of that not in the 2-3 conversation, but more of the 3-4 conversation? Yeah, so let's take the trades out of, out of the conversation here and strictly talk about free agents. The caveat here is you also have restricted free agents to consider. And before last offseason, the fact that the Pacers and Herb Simon really did not like to go after restricted free agents. But Kevin Pritchard said their philosophy has changed and evolved over the last couple of years to the point where I think they would consider doing so a little bit this offseason. It just depends at what price. The, the guys you talk about there, it'd be in Brooklyn with Cam Johnson a 27-year-old wing that can space the floor, shoots 39, over 39% from the field. P.J. Washington coming off a career year in Charlotte. We know the Hornets aren't going anywhere. Um, could you, would you be able to pry him from the Hornets? The Hornets are going to have to or plan to make a big offer here to Miles Bridges, who was out of the league last year because of domestic violence type things. I don't see Jeremy Grant going anywhere from Portland, so I don't, I don't believe in that. Um, so for me – I, I could foresee them going after Harrison Barnes on like a two-year contract, and I could see it being heavily favored towards Harrison Barnes, meaning inflated above what other teams have to offer because the Pacers have that cap space this season. Um, and another guy in restricted free agency I would consider is Grant Williams. A lot of people have talked about Kyle Kuzma. I just don't see that for either side making a lot of sense, um, especially because Kuzma is not a real defender. And what do the Pacers need? wing defenders so that doesn't help a ton so if i had to rank these i'd probably put harrison barnes at the top and then consider making restricted free agent offers to cam johnson and pj washington what would the equivalent of barnes be i realize they play different games because the game is played differently now but when you mm-hmm. talk about a guy that's been around the league and been on successful teams like barnes has i immediately think of the move to bring in david west you know, 10, 12 years ago at this point. And obviously, that paid immediate dividends. Again, they the game is played differently. They play different games. 
but compare and contrast those two signings. Could Barnes have a similar impact on a young and developing team that David West did a little more than a decade ago? I do think so, especially when you consider his his versatility, his shooting, and you bring in Jarrett Walker, who's one year removed from college and really needs an advisor, so to speak, at that position. And maybe then if you bring in Harrison Barnes, that would allow Jarrett Walker to be slow-played a little bit, much like we saw with Benedict Matherin coming off the bench this past season. Maybe Harrison Barnes starts at the four spot, and that would allow Buddy Heald at the three um, or the two, whatever you want to say, and allow for really Jarrett to settle into his position on top of what Barnes is able to contribute on the floor on both ends of the floor being kind of that six eight wing, he knows exactly uh, what Rick Carlisle and the coaching staff wants because they were together for a half dozen years down in Dallas. Plus, Harrison spent a year and a half with Buddy Heald and with Tyrese Halliburton Sacramento. So a lot of familiarity and comfort uh, with that signing, which makes this one a very obvious one. Let's say it's Barnes, and let's say that's pretty much it, you know, in terms of rotational pieces. What is a fair expectation for the 23-24 Indiana Pacers, if basically their starting five is a combination of Halliburton, Heald, let's say Neesmith, Barnes, and Turner, and you've got guys like McConnell, Nemhard, one of Jackson, Jalen Smith, Jarris mm-hmm. Walker, Jordan War, that that's kind of your, your 10-man group that you are likely to see. That team put together would win how many games? Yeah, I think that'd probably be about your 45-win range. Yeah. That, that would be the hope, right? From this past season, go from 10 wins additional to go from another 10 wins, 35 to 45 next year. That would have put you at the sixth seed this past season. And to me, that's right on track. That would be kind of my expectation. Again, Scott Agnes joining us, Fieldhouse Files. Um, free agency, walk me through the important dates. When when will things and deals start to actually happen? There's the old legal tampering period that usually hits around <laughs> July 1st, which obviously is Saturday. What's the timeline when deals will actually go down, Scotty? Yeah, so the one thing we haven't even touched on, and I think it's the biggest thing, will be tomorrow evening. 6.01 is the first time and teams can negotiate and and have conversations, you also very likely could see the Pacers agree to a a max extension with Tyrese Halliburton. To me, that's the number one priority here is getting him signed and and, and part of the future for the foreseeable future. That would add on five more years running through the 2029 season. And so I think that's what the first domino will be. I'm curious kind of what the dynamics of that contract looks like uh, in the various ways in which you can negotiate that but i I'm, i would expect kind of a five-year extension i think that will be that first domino then after that um teams can meet with meet with players they can talk with them and, and agree on deals a lot of that's probably casually already been of course done, as we as we all know and, and then in another week after that uh deals can become official teams can talk about them they can hold introductory press conferences and such. And then once we get done with that, then our attention turns to the Summer League. It's kind of our last glimpse of NBA basketball until the end of September, early October. Um, when I glance at the, at the Summer League roster, man, look like, like the Pacers roster, um, you know, which is frankly a good thing in terms of people actually wanting to watch the Summer League games. We will learn what about this group when the Summer League takes place in Vegas a couple of weeks from now. I think we'll 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 get more of a taste for what Ben Shepard looks like against 
even better competition, right? I've I have a difficult time kind of evaluating that when you're, sure. when you're playing at Belmont. Uh, I think seeing Jarris Walker against other pros and soon-to-be pros at the three, at the four, what's his uh, defensive capabilities look like? I'm very intrigued to see that Isaiah Jackson will at least be part of the training camp. It's unclear if he'll actually go to Vegas and play in any of the games. But if he does, or to see him and Jarris Walker at the four and the five, and what that tandem with athleticism, defensive versatility kind of looks like, that I'm absolutely intrigued by as well. All right, Fieldhouse Files is where you can find it, and uh, basically the things we just talked about is what you'll be writing about. Anything in particular that fans should be looking out in in terms of coming from you these next 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, so over the weekend, I'm going to post a lot. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to talk with Popeye Jones, former Pacers. Yeah. He, was on, he was on the Nuggets staff. We all saw the video at the end of when they won the title of him going up to Jokic and losing his word. He just goes, thank you. Thank you. And the <laughs> yep. joy from his, from his eyes coming out. And so I had a, about a 20-minute conversation with him, so I'll have that up this weekend for subscribers to they can both hear and read about that conversation. Very cool, my friend. As always, thanks for the time and making us smarter. I appreciate you. You got it. Thanks, Rich.